All right. We are back after our little vacation. Hello, everyone. We are back with the episode four of the Fan and the Fanatic podcast. I'm Greg with Matt. Um, we're just going to give you a quick little breakdown. So we're gone for a minute. Sorry to all of our viewers out there. We got listeners, Matt. We got, we're doing numbers. Yeah, we, we're getting a big time. I mean... <laughs> Watch out, undisputed. Here we oh come. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's the dream one day. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so we'll just give us give you guys a quick little recap. Um, so let's see. What was it? I guess it's two weeks ago. I was in Vegas, so um, I got to go to Vegas, see my brother, me and a bunch of my friends and family went. Um, got to see my yeah my younger brother he's at UNLV um, shout out Kurt he uh, let us use his car while we were up there super nice um, ate really good oh man but I got killed in Vegas um, on the tables but more so my sports betting was just terrible that weekend that must I be was- why I didn't hear from you then I was, yeah, I was parlaying things I shouldn't have parlayed. Like, I have a new strategy now in Vegas. Like, if I have something that I'm, like, extremely confident in that's going to cover, don't just parlay it. Like, it's fine to parlay it, but also just have that individual bet. You know what I mean? Because, like, it sucks when you, like, you think you have all these good ones and, um, like but there's some you're more confident in the uh, than others and you're just hoping the other ones hit like no like if you're confident in one put the money down um uh, but man i had some heartbreakers that weekend so that was the weekend so tanner what has was telling me dude the lions are due for a win and this is they this was when they played pit pittsburgh right and ben was out with covid and stuff and it was like, oh, my God, the cards are falling into place. Um, and, of course, I was watching the end of that game in my room <laughs> to see. So you don't bet on the Lions, man. Oh, they my do. God. We should have Lions do Lion things, man. We should have took the points because they tied. At least they pushed, so we got our money back. The sports book we were using let us get our money back. But that one killed me. And the other one that killed me was when Tampa Bay lost to Washington. That was that weekend, too. So that one killed a lot of my parlays. Like like I said, the, all my other ones, you know, like we're looking OK. The basketball ones, I had some like I I threw way too many like Hail Mary basketball ones in. I'm just like throwing money away. Whatever. It's fine. Learn my lesson. Um, the thing that basically salvaged my trip, though, I did hit like a nice little progressive on a slot machine. So that kind of salvaged my losses kept it to a minimum um but overall pretty good looking forward to going back to vegas um you know nothing wrong going with my family and stuff because um you know we get like food and it's pretty nice i don't have to worry about anything but uh yeah looking forward to going back with the boys right matt i mean uh i think when we go to vegas it'll It'll happen it'll happen happen. yeah um (laughs) next year yeah, overall good trip. I got to see the UH game. I'll touch on that. We'll touch on that in a little bit. But um, yeah, pretty good trip for me. And then just back to the grind. So why don't you go? Yep. So 
I took my little mini hiatus to the city of roses, aka where we went to school. Had to get some stuff up there, <laughs> but we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a yeah. good. That's I guess, a good idea. But, leave but it. But at I guess that. my yeah, my highlight was you know hanging out with you know our boys, our Marino boys. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> I know you guys listen to this podcast. Then our obviously really? our. They listen yeah. to it. Yeah. No well, shot. I know one of them. The one of them told me. Okay. Nice. He must be yeah. super bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said he listens to it at work. <laughs> nice. See, that's the whole reason we're doing this, though. Honestly. Yeah. Like that's the whole reason we're doing this. All right. Yeah. Shout out to the yeah. boys that took care of us our sophomore year. So. Yeah. They'll <laughs> beat you in Snapper, but we'll leave that to another. <laughs> But yeah, got to see our old buddy Damian Lillard. You know, got to see the what? Who did they play? The Raptors. A little too close for that game, but you know, that was, that was probably good, my highlight. That was a good yeah, game. Yeah. It was close. Yeah, that was. Good I game. mean, the Blazers shouldn't have kept it that close, but yeah, just a quick mini road trip, I guess, and then we're back. I guess we're back here in Oahu. Yep. So let's get it. All right, so um, before we get too into the NFL stuff, uh, while we were away, got a shout out to the boy Max Holloway, of course. Um, he beat Yair Rodriguez in, um, I think it was a unanimous decision. Um, so looks like next on the table for Max, the Connor fight, maybe? Uh, I don't know if you saw that clip, Matt, of, like, McGregor. He's, like, pacing around in front of his TV, like, staring at Max as he's trying to come out. It's like, I already have the theory that they had already talked about this fight happening. And so now they're just going to start promoting it. Because Max has, like, the he has all the credibility. He has the, you know, accolades. He has the respect from the UFC fighters. So he doesn't need any more respect. Like, I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer anyway. Now it's about just making money. And obviously, Connor is always going to be the what money. What better player. person to market? What better them. person? Exactly. So they started going at it on Twitter already. I'm pretty sure. I I hope that would be so good for Max. Just, I mean, because Connor breaks in the money. So um, between yeah. that and the next Volkanovsky fight, I hope something gets done. But <clears throat> got to shout out Max before we get into it. All right. So let's get into the. The Thanksgiving slate of games kicking off with the Las Vegas Raiders going into Dallas, coming Can I just out cry for like the next 20 minutes. Like, it's literally, <laughs> oh man, yeah, brutal one for the Cowboys and Cowboys fans out there. Um, uh, if you guys can't see the video yet, because oh, I guess we haven't posted the video yet, but. My background of our Zoom meeting is uh, Marcus uh, celebrating his touchdown run that he had against the Cowboys. Um, and, yeah, good to see Marcus finally get some playing time. We've been talking about him a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, good to see him get some recognition there. Um, Matt, why don't you – I'll let you go first because, you know, this is your team – you're representing Cowboy Nation out there. Uh, so why don't you take away, take it away? You've had some couple days to sit on this, kind of digest it. You know, it's not raw. 
anymore. So why don't you give me your take and what you thought uh, coming out of this game? Well, can I first shout out Ed Hockley for publicly just ruining the Thanksgiving game? Like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> Here we go with the refs. The, uh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about both sides. It's like... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Was it 20 Bruh, penalties? Total? He called over 20 penalties. Over 20 penalties? Oh, my god. That's for both sides, too. So that just ruins the flow of the game. I'm not even talking about who it was on, but there shouldn't be that many penalties in a game. Just saying. But moving aside from the refs, which completely kind of demoralized me, but... You know, all I got to say is the Dallas Cowboy defense actually kind of let me down in this one a little bit. And I kind of want to give, you know, not want to give props, actually, but I want to put a focus on Dan Quinn because I've been very high on him this season for the job that he's done. And overall, he has done a great job. But I thought some of the the lack of ability to kind of adapt to what the Raiders were doing, um, it just wasn't, it wasn't working. And that kind of plays into what the refs kind of had to do with it. So the Raiders, which were smartly, you know, throwing the ball deep, if you know, for those of you who didn't watch the game, they were attacking Dallas vertical with D Jack and then uh, I can't remember his name, Edwards. And yeah, Brian Edwards. Set, who's number seven? He was also kind of getting down deep too. Uh, I can't yeah. remember his name. But yeah. those three guys, they were attacking the Dallas Cowboys defense vertical. And I think there was a lot of penalties called just on straight go routes. And that was basically how the Raiders were moving the ball. Like, you know, getting 30, 40 yard penalties and then boom, like you're already in field goal range or you're in the red zone. And I thought Dallas, they just didn't adapt. Like there was no adjustment to that route. It's like, you can't play bump and run, you know, the whole game, or you can't play back the whole game, Like you just got to kind of got to mix up your coverages a little bit more. And I thought the Raiders knew exactly what they were doing the whole game. But I think to kind of point out on the defensive side, obviously, you know, my background is the man who is famous on defense for the wrong reason, Anthony Brown. But the guys who really did not show up, aside from the DVs, was to me the defensive line. Der- Derek Carr had an eternity to throw yeah, I agree. every single pass. And if it wasn't for Micah Parsons, he would have had another five seconds to throw. I mean, it was like, shoot, you could have played quarterback back there. <laughs> <laughs> you, had more, you had less time to throw in our, what, our intramural games. <laughs> like, that's how bad it was. There was no, there was no pressure. And Derek Carr had all day to throw. The receivers had then time to get down the field. And then thus the flags come. So I thought, you know, there was no adjustment to that. And I think Dan Quinn needs to kind of look at the film and obviously make a quick adjustment as there is another game that we need to attend on Thursday in New Orleans. So mm-hmm. another big game coming up. Although you're lucky New Orleans but- looks terrible. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they said about Las Vegas, too. But, you know, I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> but, okay, let me ask you something then. Because right. there's a lot of people that said Dak Prescott. You look at his box score. He was 32 for 47, 375 yards and two touchdowns. 
I mean, you look at that, that's pretty good. But did you actually think he played good? Um, well, so this game, I actually did. I watched the whole game, obviously, right? Standalone Thanksgiving game. Right. Um, early on, it was, it, I had kind of been noticing, you know, even going back to just him coming off that calf injury, he's just not as sharp as I was used to seeing him before that by, you know, like the New England game. And I, I forget the game before that, but he, he was looking pretty, you know, like um, he was looking good, but there were just some throws early, especially that he was missing that I thought um, kind of took them out of it for a little bit in the first half. Um, but I mean, I guess he did, you know, he brought them back in the second half was doing what he had to do um, to get the offense going. My question was, you know, or what I was confused about was why they couldn't, Dallas couldn't run the ball against the Raiders because I'm pretty sure the Raiders had, uh, were ranked pretty low uh, regarding the rush defense. I'm pretty sure. Um, I forgot. They were tw- coming in, they were 29th in the league. Right, out of right. 30. 30- two teams Mm -hmm. yeah so i knew they were ranked pretty low so i was expecting you know no cd you got no amari right i thought for sure i mean maybe that's what the raiders keyed in on as well but i thought for sure you know kellen moore's game plan was going to be okay we have not one but you have to give tony pollard his flowers too now because he's coming into you know a dynamic running back of his own so i mean kind of um Surprise to me, they only Dallas was only able to account for what 64 total rushing yards between the two. That's, that's terrible. I mean, you know, that stat that you know Skip Bayless always likes to hammer, right? Like when we run, you know, more than we throw, or whatever he said. I forgot what Dak is 29. They're on in the <laughs> Dak Prescott era. Yeah, I know that Dak Prescott era. We are 29 and 0 when we run it more than we pass yep, it. Yeah, yeah. That's what it and was. Obviously, we did not do that that game. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I guess it was kind of hard, you know. Las Las Vegas did jump ahead early. Um, but like I said too, yeah, the Cowboys defense to me um was not an elite defense. I don't know if I said that previously, but I mean, I think just because how, like, historically bad they were last year, um, this year with they were, you know, making turnovers, Trayvon Diggs is out there getting picks. Um, but, you know, like you said, the pass rush, Demarcus Lawrence has been out. Has he, put, has he been out the whole year to this point? I know it's been – He played the first game at Tampa. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's been virtually out the entire season um, outside of one game. Michael Parsons, though, I mean, eventually that guy is just going to get home. Yeah, I mean, he looks like he's not that power guy exactly, but reminds me a lot of that Von Miller on the he's edge. Like, fast he's so fast, <laughs> and he he will get to you and make plays um, in a hurry. But I, I think that, I mean, Dallas played well enough to win, I think. Um, I think there were a couple of unfortunate bounces and calls that went against Dallas there the one pass interference I think that was the last pass interference call on yeah number 30 right there Brown was probably the yeah the ticky the most ticky tack 
pass interference of that whole game where he kind of didn't get his head turned around in time um, when uh, Carr threw up the ball. But at the same time, he didn't really make contact with the receiver at all. And I think that was right. That was the last one that put them kind of in field goal range to win the game. Right. So yeah, yeah. that one was tough. And the, the fumble um, that they weren't able to jump on to, um, I think was a big moment in that game too. So, I mean, there are just a couple breaks that were going, you know, slightly in the favor of the Raiders, but it was a good game overall. I think, yeah, but that Dallas's defense has got a, Something's got to change. I don't know if it's they need to adjust their schemes, you know, go back and kind of change up their looks, whatever it is. But, yeah, something's definitely got to change on a short week. So I agree with you there. Um, yeah, that, I mean, kind of going back to what you said, like the fumble, like Wilder catches it. It looks like he takes, you know, two or three steps. He gets stripped out and then, you know, Keanu Neal makes kind of an incredible play, you know, to save it from going out of bounds. But then the thing that kind of got me and I was literally like flipping out oh, the at the time. Did. I'm oh, like, I didn't even actually, oh, I wasn't the even hell do you about... not even challenge that? Yeah. <laughs> like they were saying, oh, at the end of the game, oh yeah. Like, you know, the ref was telling him, you know, don't challenge it because you're going to lose. But it's like, how the hell does the side judge know that? It's like, did the guy from New York just tell him that five seconds earlier? Like, yeah. Like challenge that. Like, you don't have to worry about your timeouts. It's the first half. Like, yeah, that one. Now is the time you challenge it. And if you, true, you still huh? got one left. Yeah, I forgot about that play. Actually, yeah, that was a big. That's play. a huge momentum swing. Yeah, because I was talking about the one where I think they stripped Carr, um, and like there was a fumble or something. But yeah, no, that one was even bigger. Um, yeah, that one was. <laughs> that was that <laughs> one was worse. Brutal. In the second half, Dallas calls. They call a timeout with like 12 minutes left in the third quarter. And there was like, there was nothing. Like there was no sense of panic on the defense. It looked like they were all set. And then you just hear, oh, timeout Dallas. Like, <laughs> really, dude? Like, God, like you're really trying to make us lose. And he sends out Glerg Zerline for like what, 59 yard field goal. Oh, after, that was after a huge he already swing. shanks, after already missed the PAT. Mm-hmm. And the Raiders came then out and Raiders scored go three right points, back right? Down. They go right back. They're already in. I mean, they're yeah. already at what the forty yard line. If he yeah. misses, and he yeah, did, so. that was a huge swing right there. That's right. He's he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are yeah. seven and four despite him. Like despite. that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> he is awful. Yeah, not a great look there for Mike. Um. <laughs> But even on the last play, too, and then you brought up, oh, yeah, Brown. He, he had that controversial PI, especially on the last one. But yeah. to me, I wasn't really upset with that because they put themselves in a bad situation. Because if you look at the tape, it was Parsons get the Parsons the play before he gets that the, his first sack of the game. That was huge. So now it's third and 18. So it's third and 18, and you got Brown playing bump and run coverage with I forget number seven's name. Hello. It's like, why are you playing so up on the receiver? It's, it's third and 18. Give, get some space, make card, check it down, and you just tackle and you get the ball back. Like, of course, if you play tight, that's what they've been doing all game. They're just going to try to get a flag from you. So like, that's where I mean. It's like there was no adjustment. 
And it's like, you're not knowing the situation of where you are on the field, what the down is. It's like that, that to me was more upsetting than, you know, Hockley throwing his hundredth penalty of the game. Like that was, to me, that was more upsetting as a, as a, that's what I noticed. Yeah. The, but man, the penalties did kill you guys. That was unlucky. Um, But, you know, as I was watching the game, I kind of thought um, it was slowly just getting farther and farther away from Dallas. But I think who's going to be a huge factor for you guys down the stretch is Tony Pollard. Pollard. Because that that kickoff return, like, just He's pumped in life into Dallas. Um, I know Skip Bayless, like, loves Tony Pollard. He thinks Tony Pollard should be RB1, I think, at this point. Uh, I still like Zeke, but... But man, that kickoff was huge because Dallas was losing all the momentum. Um, they were looking super flat, and Tony Pollard, yeah, he just juiced their the entire team, um, kind of gave them life again, basically. <laughs> so, um, yeah, shout out Tony Pollard, and uh, of hey, course, got to shout out my boy Marcus. <laughs> but yeah. I love Marcus at at you know in the green. Any know. other time. <laughs> In this uniform, <laughs> yeah, in that in that uh, U of O green, uh, just got a shout out. Marcus finally got in the end zone. Um, they finally ran that package. Yeah, I mean, this is another thing going back to Dallas not being prepared. I mean, you see Marcus in the game. <laughs> it's like, what, what do you think they're gonna, gonna do? <laughs> the read option. That's literally the only play he runs. I know. You know, in that situation. And both defenders decided to bite on the running back. Gave Marcus that free lane. I mean, it was like they were on like the three or four yard line. So, um, I mean, come on, Dallas. You, you've got to be prepared for that. Um, so, yeah. Um, overall impressions, it was a tough one. That was probably the toughest. Uh, even I'm not even a Cowboys fan, but even watching that, I was like, man, that is a game that sucks for you to lose because you had the chances it was right there and just couldn't execute when the time came just yeah brutal loss for you you yeah. uh cowboy fans so yeah i haven't recovered but up on to trevor simeon i guess <laughs> and i hope you guys look i mean the saints look terrible man like Josh Allen still has not looked nearly as impressive to me as he has last season, but he didn't need to do anything basically <laughs> like really with how Buffalo's defense was shutting down New Orleans. I mean, at least the first two games were pretty good. That, that third game on Thanksgiving, yeah, that was nap time for everyone. Pretty sure it was nap time for me. So um, yeah. Is there any, all right. Anything else you wanted to hit on, on your Cowboys or. Did you did you rant it all out or? <laughs> no, I think I cried. I think I cried it all out. On oh, you Thursday, cried it all out. Okay. I don't know internally. <laughs> I think. <laughs> all right. Well, if you think of anything else, we can address it. But that'll wrap up our uh, Cowboys segment for now. Um, sticking with the NFL, let's just get into some of the games that happened today, Sunday. Um, so Carolina. In Miami, uh, the Dolphins' defense and special teams came up huge. They had a block punt for a touchdown. 
Uh, picked off Cam Newton twice. Oh my goodness, Cam did not look in sync at all this game. Uh, Miami kind of made an adjustment. Um, they played him the same way they played Lamar Jackson a couple weeks ago. Um, kind of that all-out blitz look and just kind of drop everyone back around the sticks and just let them go get whether it was McCaffrey. McCaffrey did nothing today. Um, Newton did nothing today. I heard too. Yeah, and got kind of banged up. Um, I think I saw too, this had, this was the first game that Christian McCaffrey played in that he hasn't had a reception in. That's kind of crazy. He didn't have one catch, and he's Mr. PPR, right? Uh, Mr. Fantasy MVP PPR. Um, for Miami's defense to hold him without a catch, really impressive. Uh, Tua looked look good. I mean, he didn't really have to do much. You know, the defense was doing their job. He just kind of had to more or less game manage. Um, I mean, even though he had to game manage, the offensive line still can't run the ball. They, I feel so bad for those Dolphins running backs. Um, you know, they got Philip Lindsay now. Um, but, man, the holes are, like, scarce. Um, really hard to run. That's why they do a lot of these quick throws and stuff. Waddle looks too good. Yeah, got to get him the ball. He's electric. Yeah, I mean, just get him the ball in, in open space, you know, those, like, little bubble screens and stuff. But if you can just get him in stride, you know, like a quick five, six, seven-yard slant or in cut or something – and Tua just puts it right on him where he can catch it in stride. Like he has like that that other gear that we were kind of waiting for because they'd kind of been using him, you know, not really as a gadget guy, but like you know these little short, shallow crossing intermediate routes. But yeah, if you you get on the ball in space, he he's gonna fly. So uh, big win for Miami. I think this is their fourth win in a row. Win in a row. Yep. I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm I don't want to you know get too ahead of myself, but you know, don't sleep on Miami. Uh, but good win for Tua. Um, let's see, moving on here. Cincinnati just destroyed Pittsburgh. Um, I, I still don't. Big I don't Ben. Know I think he needs to retire after this yeah. year. <laughs> I don't. I don't oh, know man. what it is. Uh, even Cincinnati too. Cincinnati confuses me so much. Um, they, you know, they look so so good at the beginning of the season you know potential maybe favorite in the afc um then they kind of go on that slide and it's kind of like oh boy you know like yeah typical you know cincinnati whatever um then come out with two pretty dominant performances and i was talking to my brother about this i think um it's they're going back to that uh they want to use joe mixon more um joe mix has been getting a lot more touches the past two games um, kind of taking some of that pressure off Joe Burrow and then it'll set up that those deep shots he can take down the field to, you know, those three receivers that they got. So, uh, but their defense has probably been the most confusing thing to me. There Some games they look like they can shut anyone down and some games they can't hold anyone. I don't know. Um, but if Cincinnati is firing on all cylinders, they're going to be a team to look out for. Um, what about this one? So, me and my brother were thinking, what about – how do you like Russell Wilson to Pittsburgh next season? Huh? I mean, you know, Tomlin's still a good coach. You know, Russ is ready ready, uh, ready to win now. Um, 
They got tower. They to got the defense. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no more no go hawks anymore. It's gonna be uh, go Steelers. <laughs> um, but yeah, the I don't know. I think that would be an interesting pairing, you know, because um, Pittsburgh I think has the talent. Um, they got Najee. They got you know Johnson, Claypool. Juju should be coming back. I don't know if he's gonna come back, but. Um, and their defense should be good is, by next year. Yeah, their defense is still solid. So um, that might be one, you know, heard it here first, a uh, fan of the Fnatic podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, complete stomping. New England, another scary team in the AFC. No one really saw it coming because of Mac Jones. Mac Jones, I mean, I'm still not like a huge fan of Mac Jones, but I just gotta admit he just does what exactly what he has to do. Week in, week out, doesn't turn the ball over, makes good throws, makes good decisions. Um, you can tell he has a really high football IQ uh, and just kind of took it to Tennessee, who is without Derrick Henry, obviously. They turned the ball over a couple times and can't do that against Belichick, right? So um, I don't know. I what do you think of, of after, them? I, well, of the Patriots or, or Mac Jones? I'll, I'll say both, yeah. What do you think? What do you think of both? Well, I'll start with Mac because going into the draft, like I jokingly, you know, my brother, he's a 49ers fan. And, you know, I was pushing for the Niners. Oh, like we'll sign Mac Jones, like over Lance or Fields or whoever. Part of me was joking, but part of me was actually like kind of being serious. It's like, I mean, he's not going to run around and run for like 100 yards. You know, he's not flashy, but he gets the job done. And like the way that he played at Alabama, it can totally translate to, you know, the way Kyle Shanahan runs his offense, the West coast. And obviously, you know, with bill, you know, being that Tom Brady S kind of player, it's like the team that he's on with the Patriots, they have a good defense. And all he has to do is like, what you said, just take care of the ball. And ever since they've gone on their winning streak, he's cut down on the turnovers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just play play to your defense. Like even in San Fran, they got a you know they have a good defense. If you you got the run game, obviously with Shanahan, you know with his scheme, it's like you take care of the ball, and I think that's what he does best. You can put yeah. yourself in a position to win. Look at them now, like they're hitting their stride. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I will say though, I don't think they're gonna come out of the AFC yet because <laughs> Mac Jones he still needs to prove that ability to kind of like win the game for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at I least agree. getting getting to the playoffs, I think he can definitely do that. He yeah. can definitely do that. Yeah, I agree. It, he hasn't really been in the situation recently that, you know, it's like last, you know, drive or whatever, or the defense yeah. is struggling. Okay, go win us the game. It's kind of just don't lose us the game. But, I mean, he some of the throws he makes, he make, he's, he's super accurate. Um, yeah, not athletic at all, but he can pinpoint that ball pretty well. Um the Tampa Bay-Indianapolis game, um, I thought Indy was going to run away with it. I think they were up 10 at the half. You know, you got Jonathan Taylor. Um, you're at home. But, of course, you know, Carson Wentz going to turn the ball over. Carson Wentz is back, baby. If he's going to turn the ball over, you're going to give Brady <laughs> time. You're going to give Brady the opportunity. Um, with Gronk back, yeah, good luck. Um, they had their chances there. He's I mean, one of them, he threw like, a, it's like the typical Carson once he throws a beautiful like bomb down the field, hits the guy in stride, comes or, you know, later on in the game, throws, just throws a prayer up to Pittman. 
Uh, Pittman's not in the right position. The safety picks him off. It's like, oh, man. I mean, kind of the whole narrative about Carson Wentz is, you know, more or less the the turnovers that always kill him, right? Um, you just got to wait for it. it it'll happen. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Yeah, and of course, Matt knows all too well about that. Uh, I just wanted to touch on that because it had kind of a big playoff implication. Um, Because now I think Tampa Bay is, well, Tampa Bay is outright um, in the South, but it was going to give India kind of a chance to catch Tennessee there, um, but just unable to pull it out at home. Pretty unfortunate for them. Um, The other games, you know, I mean, like I didn't watch the Houston, Houston versus the Jets. I'm sorry, Jets fans. I'm not watching Zach Wilson and Houston fans. We, we and Houston fans, biased. yeah, yeah. Sorry, this is not baseball. We're not biased, uh, but I'm not. I did not feel like watching the Jets Texans game. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, the only, I guess, if you want to call it highlight of the game that I did manage to see <laughs> was Zach Wilson throwing it off his own man's back, leading oh, to boy. an interception. Just. <laughs> And they was won the game. They were open. They still he was won. Open for like five yards, too. Oh, he was open for five yards. Zach Wilson didn't want to throw five the check down until he said, you know what? Let me wait till this guy's turned around and let me throw the ball. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, just typical Jets things. And they still won. They still won the game. I don't know how. Oh, but, yeah, Jets. Texans, so. Yeah, they're going to do what they're going to do. Um, like we kind of mentioned, the Niners. There's, I mean, I think they're the team to look out for that dark horse in the NFC. Because um, they, I mean, when they are healthy and when they're in stride, like, whew, they are a scary team to face with how creative, you know, Shanahan is, especially with they got Debo Samuel coming out of the backfield now. So you got to account for his speed on the perimeter. And it's like, man, when they're in a the flow, they are going to be a tough team to beat, I think. As long as Jimmy takes care of the ball, they'll be yep. fine, right? <laughs> yep. Wait, wait. I gotta actually. We gotta. We gotta touch on one more thing on this game. Did you see Kirk Cousins <laughs> make it the highlight reel? <laughs> Which one? I guess his low light. Oh, he lined uh, up. He he lined up in the wrong position under center. He lined up. <laughs> it's all over Twitter. Are it's you so serious? Funny. Oh, yeah, go my. look at it. All right, I gotta go look. Instead of lining up under the center, he went under the guard. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> I'm not lying. Oh my goodness. Kurt Cousins. Look, it up. Look at it right now. Fourth and goal. Kurt Cousins lines up under his guard. You're joking. Oh my god. In a, in <laughs> the Vikings have to take a timeout before their fourth down plays. Kurt Cousins lined up <laughs> under his guard and tried to take the snap. Oh my goodness, Kirk. <laughs> please oh my goodness i gosh. oh shout out to the one viking fan i know yep shout out to the one viking fan that we know oh <laughs> yep. uh, you got old turk cousins back there man i don't know what that that dude is just wild and sometimes all right um I mean, we can touch on – I guess we can just briefly run through all the games. 
Let's see what do we miss? Oh, the Broncos made a surprising statement today. Beat Justin Herbert. Um, Herbert had that interception taken back for a touchdown right off Eckler's hands. Unlucky because I have Eckler and you have Herbert. Um, I also have Eckler in another league. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, brutal. Um, let's see. Kind of the shock, the two shocking ones today. Not only the Broncos beating the Chargers, but how about the Giants beating the Eagles? Um, that kind of, uh, yeah. I mean, that saved me. Good old Big Blue, uh, kind of taking some of the pressure off Dallas. Because uh, the Eagles had been coming on looking strong. They run the ball a lot with Jalen Hurts. I did not feel like watching that game. I didn't think it was going to be close. Then I saw it was 3-0. I don't know, like, for the longest time. I'm like, I'm not watching this game. <laughs> but, yeah, a huge win for, for the Cowboys there, actually. Um, Falcons beat the Jaguars. Another, I mean, I'm sorry. We're just not going to watch that game. Um and let's see. Oh, the Packers. So the Packers offense Game of the week. Yeah, looks crazy good. The Rams defense kind of, I don't know, man. I, you know, I thought when they were going to add Vaughn Miller, it was going to take time for him to get adjusted or whatever. But the Rams defense has kind of been, you know, um, not that shutdown defense that we're kind of expecting and looking at at the beginning of the season. Um, but, I mean, Rodgers, he's, what, playing on, like, nine oh toes or something? God, man. Uh, Do you see some of the throws that he made the that throws game? that he oh made. Goodness. Yeah, I was watching the highlights. Like, the one <laughs> Unbelievable. Up, the, up the sideline to Devontae, hit him in stride with, like, three guys chasing him. Uh, like, the windows he was throwing into, he hit Cobb a couple times for big third downs. Yeah. Just... I mean, that dude is just too good. Rodgers, we are lucky to be able to see Rodgers live, uh, like, while he's playing because he, I mean, it's already debated, but he might very well be the most gifted, like, just thrower of the football football ever. Honestly, like, the throws that he – and it's so easy. It's so effortless. And it's like these windows windows are not – you know, the time I'm sure he must have, you know, a lot of practice and timing with these guys, but man, it is just too easy for for Rogers. Um I will say going back on staying on the Rams, the defense, I don't know understand why they don't make Jalen Shadow the best receiver on the team. They kind of went away from that scheme, and this is kind of what they implemented this year. They kind of let Jalen kind of roam around and he's kind of picking like who he wants to get. So he's not really a corner, so to say. He's more of a, a roamer. And I, I think I think you just got to put him on the other team's best receiver and say, hey, take this guy the whole game and shut him down. Like, this is what we paid you to do. It's like, and especially for this game, you know, with Devontae. I mean, I think that's just something that the Rams need to probably go back to. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. Um I mean, he's probably the most dominant cornerback we've had in the past in the league, five right? years, yeah. right? So, I mean, yeah, let him do what, you know, he's done so well this whole time. Um, but there were a couple decisions in that game, um, or I guess mistakes. You know, the Rams went for it deep in their own territory early in the game. 
um, and they didn't get it. I think they were on like their own 30 yard line. Um, they just ran yeah. straight up the middle and the guy didn't make it. Um, that was a huge play. It gave the Packers, you know, right in field goal, field goal range there. And um, the pick six that Stafford threw, um, you know, just I, I don't know what it is with Stafford and throwing pick sixes. It's like every pick he throws, it has to go for a touchdown. But um, yeah, Stafford, you know, at least he did find Odell this game. They finally, you know, Odell finally got um, his touchdown that he's been looking for. But yeah, Rams, another team got a lot to figure out. Cody uh, down the stretch here. Oh, um, and then this Sunday night game. Did you watch a Sunday night game? Oh my goodness! <laughs> no, what? I actually did. I watched the last the last drive of the game. Yeah, it was man. It was so sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my I mean, goodness. Lamar threw three picks in the second quarter alone. I think, and four the four for the game. Man. Yeah, four for the game. Oh my God. The crazier thing. The Browns didn't score any points off those three picks that he threw in the second quarter. I mean, Baker is banged up. I That's think Baker, Baker, he needs to sit. If he's hurt that bad, he should just sit because I think he's he, – because he's trying to get paid, right? Isn't this his Yeah, he's a contract, contract here. here. And I know he's trying to, you know, gut it out. I respect it. I respect, you know, trying to gut it out and doing everything, you know, t- to prove you're tough. But at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter what the people think. You should be doing what you need to do to put yourself in a position to get paid. And I think him trying to gut it out um, is not only harming his team, but harming his reputation. Um, and the debate goes on, you know, even more so about Baker, about is Baker a good quarterback or not? We've had that discussion, you know, about Dak in the past several years. Is Dak an elite QB? Is he not? I think we can all come, you know, to the consensus. Dak is easily a top 10 QB um, in the league. So we don't we don't have those same, I don't have those same um caveats about Baker. I'm I I don't know what to think about Baker to this like I still don't know. Um is he a game manager? Is he this cocky like gunslinger? What is he? I don't know. Um he's better than he is, I mean, I think. It's like what you're playing the Ravens. Lamar turns it over what, four times, and you still can't win. Yeah, you only scored ten points. Like, if you're that guy, you're gonna score more than ten points, and you're gonna beat the Ravens when Lamar turns it over four times. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's 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 a no brainer to me. Yeah, yeah, that's tough situation for Baker there. Um, and he got they got Kareem Hunt back too, so he got yeah. his one two punch. Mm-hmm. No um, Odell, so no, you can't use that excuse. <laughs> they were missing those that vertical threat today, though. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, but yeah, L- Lamar just finds a way to win these games most of the time. I don't. I mean, it's the Ravens he wins defense ugly, too. Man. Yeah, he does. He knows how to win ugly. Um, but wow, just complete. It was like. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's like n- neither team wanted to win. Um, not sure what was going on there, but yeah, it, uh, I guess that's the pretty much the recap that we wanted to go into. Um, you you yeah. want to talk about anything that's... else NFL wise? Are you good? Yeah, that's good. On. All right. 
All right. Well, let's transition here to some college football. So uh, we have a lot of friends that are on both sides of the uh, college football civil war, which is the University of Oregon going up against Oregon State. We know people on both sides of that uh, ball are sorry, not people, but fans on both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I was a little worried for the Ducks fans, man. Uh, they took a pounding from Utah. Uh, wasn't sure what they were going to look like coming out. Oregon State has been, you know, uh, kind of having a pretty good season um, in regards to themselves. So, you know, anything can happen in rivalry week, right? So, I mean, it was a crazy one at that. So, um, But yeah, I know you watched it. So why don't you give me your uh, takeaways from that game? I mean, I thought Oregon set the tone early. Um, the first drive, you know, they come down right in the end zone, establishing the run. And I thought that was key because when they lost to Utah last week, they were just, they weren't physical. Utah just beat them at the line of scrimmage and I think establishing that early ground game. Um, and I think the key too is Anthony Brown, <laughs> another Anthony Brown for me, right? But the Anthony Brown quarterback of Oregon, I think they're at their best when he's running the most, because I'll be honest, he's not a great passer. I mean, that's what really pisses me off as a fan, like just watching him. But when he runs, he can, he can run. Like he, he has that ability to kind of make people miss he can lower the shoulder. He's a pretty big guy. And he had, what, I think 14 carries. So if they keep that, you know, obviously with no CJ Verdell, who was their starting running back at the year, at the start of the year, but he got hurt during the Stanford game. So being able to use Brown more as a runner, I think that's where they've got to go, obviously, now with the Pac-12 championship looking ahead. But obviously the defense, you know, set the tone early in the first half. You know, they shut down Nolan and the Oregon State offense. But Kayvon Thibodeau, man, he's the he's the star of the show on the defense. And he showed out and he showed why he's going to be probably the number one pick in the draft next year. Like he wasn't getting sacks, but you could tell he was disrupting Oregon State's offense. I mean, there was no, no, nobody was stopping him. So. I thought Oregon overall very good so far. They got a couple big plays to Williams. They're obviously their number one receiver now since their top three receivers are gone. <laughs> since two of them are season-ending injuries and then Pittman transferred or entered the transfer protocol. So, I mean, all said and done, I will say Oregon State kind of costed themselves a little bit. They did go for two, I think, three times, and they failed all three times. Yeah, <laughs> and they that's, lost. That's they lost by nine. So I mean, you convert just one, and you know, it's a whole new ball game. So mm -hmm. I thought, you know, Oregon kind of got a break with that, but I guess you know, all things good. They're Pac-12 North champs, and they get that rematch against Utah next week for the Rose Bowl. Yep, and they're basically, I mean, I don't even know if they're going to even have a chance, even with a loss from one of the top four. Um, no, they're out. They're out. They're yeah. It's, so but it's you had a chance tough. to make the Rose Bowl. Yeah, yeah. All, all is big there. Um, yep. 
So let's just run down some of the craziness um, of this weekend. So first of all, I want to talk about that. Yeah, the Iron Bowl. Iron Bowl, baby. That has turned out some crazy finishes in, you know, recent memory. Of course, you know, Chris Davis with the 109-yard return to beat Mm -hmm. Alabama. Um, But, yeah, this game, um, I was kind of watching, monitoring the score on my phone, and I'm just seeing what is going on. Alabama can do absolutely nothing. Heisman hopeful Bryce Young is going to blow it. He's, you know, like – there goes his Heisman chance. Um, but, you know, obviously the huge mistake of the game uh, towards towards the end was the Auburn, um, when the Auburn guy had the football, right? And he's trying to make right. a play, pick up the first down, gets shoved out of bounds. Um, you know, they don't get it, end up having to punt. Uh, one thing leads to another. Bryce Young starts you know, slinging the ball around. Uh, I think it, they were at their own seven or eight yard line, um, and they were able to yeah, march. No all time, no timeouts, no timeouts with what like a minute and a half left. Um, at least you know the chains or the clock stops uh, when they have to reset the chains in college. Um, so I mean that helps a little bit. But he, I mean, he had his Heisman moment. I think this game through the dime uh, down the right sideline into the end zone hit his receiver perfectly um and was then was able to score you know in overtime and eventually into triple overtime where they did end up winning um so huge win for alabama they're they have to play georgia now right for the sec uh championship so uh, it's going to be really interesting because if obviously if georgia wins alabama's gonna have two losses but his, the most recent loss is going to come to the number one. And then here we go with the committee roller coaster all over again. Um, kind of hard to say there. Um, but, you know, Alabama does it again. I don't know. Poor Auburn. It was, it was, <laughs> they were at Auburn to just, I mean, you can't count Alabama out like that. I mean, Bryce, Bryce Young, he is, he's, he's really good. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I could just see, like, at least on TV, but he looks so calm. And it's like they're sitting at three points, and now they're down to their last try. But he looks so even keel. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes him so good. And why I, I actually i am kind of rooting for him to to win the Heisman. Like, just that that calm demeanor. And I think that's you – know, we can maybe talk about this later, but Caleb Williams for mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Kind yeah. of comparing two young quarterbacks, but – you know, I did see a little, um, a lot of emotion from Caleb Williams. And I think, you know, it doesn't look so good when you show your downside like that. But Bryce Young, shout out to you, man. You're going to the SEC championship. But yeah. Whew. Yeah, that dude's going to the league for sure. Um, in two years. <laughs> in two years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next big one Ohio State visiting Ann Arbor. Uh, playing Michigan, and, you know, I'm not going to lie, going into this game, I thought, oh, here we go again. Harbaugh with a chance. He's going to choke. And he's going to choke. <laughs> I, that's all I could – I mean, I I like Harbaugh. I like Jim Harbaugh. But, uh, man, I just thought, oh, boy, here we go again. A chance for them, for Michigan, to pull off a huge win for their season. 
Um, and I was expecting Ohio State to come in, C.J. Stroud, and just blow them out. But, you know, got to give props to Michigan. I think the Michigan – was it the running back had five touchdowns or something? Haskins. Haskins, Haskins absolutely five. ran all over the Buckeyes. Um, and Harbaugh finally gets the big win. Was it the first time he beat Ohio State in his as career <laughs> as a Michigan coach? So, I mean <laughs> – I mean, you take that how you want. But, yeah, he finally gets the big win. Um, If they can take care of business in the championship game, I think for sure they have a college They win and they're in. Yeah, they win, they're in, no doubt, in anyone's mind. So, you know, I just want to see some, you know, some of that contract payoff for Michigan, uh, for them getting Harbaugh, man. It's been rough. Um, Michigan always has the hype, but it's never able to pull out the big game. Um, and so, you know, good, good for you, Harbaugh. Glad you, you, you took care of that. Uh, let's see you take care of business and, uh, get into the playoffs. So, uh, and finally the third crazy, another crazy game this weekend, um, the Oklahoma versus Oklahoma state game as Matt was touching on earlier. Um, that was the game, right. That, that Caleb Williams had the, the, chance at the end there um and had actually thrown probably a perfect ball into the end zone there oh yeah and the receiver i mean maybe it's just you know college versus nfl but you've got to be able to know where your feet are i mean at all times i think um but i mean it was a tough situation but i mean it was a perfect throw on the move unluck un unluckily for Sooners fans out there, uh, he was not able to catch it inbounds. So, Oklahoma State, another dark horse. I think they're waiting on someone. If someone slips up real bad, I think Oklahoma State is going to be there uh, to try to swoop in for that uh, fourth seed. So, no, I mean we're all. I'm hoping for Cincinnati personally. <laughs> I just want to see those non uh, power, non power five, that non power five get in. You know. Oh, it's nice to see some representation there. Uh, but yeah. speaking of Oklahoma. The key is going to be Alabama, though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Because if Alabama wins, then it's like, uh-oh. Like, I don't think Georgia's going to get kicked out, even with a loss. Like, It's going to be bad all year. It's- so an Alabama win would kind of create some, you know, boredom, I guess, in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> but if Georgia knocks them off, then obviously – the playoff committee will come to do their thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Good Oklahoma, though. Oh, my God. Rough, but, rough 24 hours. Yeah, rough 24 hours for Oklahoma. <laughs> Sorry, transitioning off that Oklahoma um, game. So, Lincoln Riley, the head coach of the Sooners, um, reportedly is and is now confirmed to be the next head coach of USC. So, you know, Twitter's breaking out in a frenzy. Uh, oh, it's a good job. It's like a great job. It's the perfect job. USC got their guy. They're finally back, you know. Um, but I didn't know this at first, but Oklahoma's actually moving to the SEC. Um, yeah. And them in Texas. Yep, them in Texas. And so everyone's kind of like, wow, Lincoln Riley does a lot for challenge of blah, blah, blah. And to me, it's like, why would – why would someone willingly, you know, like 
go into somewhere you know you can't compete. Like just point blank period, the SEC SEC defenses are are not like the Big Twelve defenses. It is just a different type of speed and physicality. They got NFL players on every team. It's like, yeah, good luck. So, I mean, good on USC. I think it's going to bring a lot more excitement, you know, looking forward to some great quarterback play um, down in Southern California. So, uh, good on USC. They got their guy. Um, I'm sorry, Oklahoma fans. <laughs> well, did you see the rumor for Oklahoma, who they were trying to get? I only saw oh, one Kingsbury, guy. Right? Kings, yeah. yeah well, the Cardinals are nine and he, two. He ain't leaving. He ain't Why leaving the NFL to go back to college. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he just got there too. <laughs> he just got there. I don't know why he would leave. Uh, and so, yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, we'll do another pod after uh, championship weekend. Uh, see if anything spices up. But yeah, we'll definitely come back and touch on that. But we can't talk college football without talking our hometown team, of course, the University of Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. <laughs> oh man, you know the <laughs> it's hard. That's the summary of the those two words that that's the summary of the season. <laughs> it's hard to you know. I mean, we've been UH fans for you know. Um, large majority of our life right basically since we started football yeah yeah um we had been going to university of hawaii football games and man you know i mean there have been some rough seasons uh obviously we've been through the chow years (laughs) you know we had some hard times we've also had some great times but it's uh, something about this season that's so frustrating because of all the talent that they had on really both sides of the ball, mainly on offense, and to not be able to make a bowl game, you know, with the schedule that we had, too, uh, I think is just more frustrating. Um, so, like I did mention that I was in Vegas. I was at the UNLV game when UH went into Vegas. Um, and just it was just, you know, three hours of just agony after that first play. I mean – Really, after Shevin hits Marner on that um, go route, there's nothing. There's nothing left. Um, They don't do anything. And I know we've talked about this before. I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but, man, the some of the plays that Bo Graham decided to call, especially down the stretch, just I do not understand – like, I, I don't think he understands quite the personnel as well as he should. Because, you know, we're not built. UH is not built for that power run. Like, if, if you want to be that, that's fine. But wait till you have the players and, the you know, an established system in place. Because up until now, it's been all run and shoot. And, you know, that type of offense that's been kind of synonymous with UH and the program itself. So I'm just I just wanted to touch on one series of this game. It was, you know, the last series UH has the ball. They have a chance, you know, down 7 to go tie the game. And Bo Graham decides to call four straight runs up the middle. Um 
to ultimately not get the first down. You UNLV takes over. They score a touchdown. Game's over. Um, but just you know, Shevin obviously is not the greatest pocket guy, but is athletic enough, and we've seen it time and time again. He can make plays with his legs. He can throw on the run fairly well. And we have receivers like, you know, Nick Marner. He's, you know, he has, yes, the mental lapses of the easy drops. But, you know, we have him. We have Jared Smart on the slot. We have Calvin Turner. And we're not going to give one of those guys the chance to touch the ball um, on the most important drive of the game. You know, I don't, I don't quite understand it. Um, I think he just needs to reevaluate, take a look at what he's got next season, kind of tailor his offense around to what, you know, like make adjustments. Um, but yeah, sorry. That was my little rant. I was just so frustrated. Um, and for them to beat Wyoming in Wyoming for, and it doesn't even matter. It's just, just the, the final like nail in the coffin, basically, um, to the UH season, but yeah, it was it was a rough one. Yeah, I mean, kind of going back to the UNLV game. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that four straight runs up the middle is you can't even do that in video games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just what? like unacceptable. I can't. Yeah, I mean, to me, the guy that they they really need to use more. Oh, they can't use him anymore because he's gone now. But is Calvin Turner? The guy he can make plays. Yeah. Like you get him the ball and you gotta you can't run him up the middle. You gotta get him, you know, on a screen or like a short stick route. I mean, and let him run. But you know, they just they try to be a power team, but oh, I don't you know. Understand. I mean, yeah, I don't why. And I don't and the guy that really he's kind of a weapon too, but I don't think he's used enough too is Martin. I know he, yeah, you know, like you said, he he'll drop some, but he's a big receiver, and he's most of the time he's gonna have the size advantage, and it's like especially when you get in the red zone, like that's the kind of guy you can, okay, if I don't have any good play to call, I can at least know that hey, I can call a fade at the very least, yeah, yeah, and maybe get a flag, you know, see what happens, but I mean, they just got to use their players to their skills, and I think that's just what. UH has kind of seemed to lack, you know, ever since. I guess you could, well, I guess Rolovich kind of did a good job, but that's kind of what we've been missing, at least with Graham. But, you know, I will say, you know, obviously he finishes his second year as UH coach. He does have one bowl win for last year, but this third year that coming up, or it's coming up next year, and that's it's going to be a huge one for him. I think that might be a make or break one. Yep, it's going to be an interesting year, um, especially I think we have that new uh, St. Louis quarterback committed too, right? Um, so, I mean, Shevin's – I like Shevin. From one St. Louis man so, to Yeah, the other. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it. if that's the offense they're going to run, you know, it's going to be hard for Shevin, I think, if they want him to sit in the pocket and throw. That's just not who he is. Um, his windup takes too long. He's not going to hit those quick outs all the time. Uh, he's going to look for the, you know, he can throw the deep ball and he can run. Um, that's probably, I think, what he excels at the most. Um, but 
unfortunate end to the UH season for them to not qualify for the bowl game, especially after that gut-wrenching loss to a two-win team. Just or I think it was one actually it was a one-win team at the time. After that game, they had two wins. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely gut wrenching for UH fans and all of us out there. Um, you know, hopefully we can go see a game in person next year. Who knows? Um, but yep, I think that'll uh, wrap our college football talk for now. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to say about college football? No, we're good. Okay, um, go Ducks next week, man. <laughs> yep, go Ducks. All right, so. Uh, we'll just touch on some MLB and NBA stuff really quickly just to keep um, – I don't know if, if anyone's not really paying attention or in the loop. Um, some pretty pretty big signings to start off the MLB free agency. Obviously, me and Matt looking for those Dodgers-Yankees news. Um, but, you know, all news is going to be pretty big. So, uh, thank goodness – Kevin Gossman is leaving the NLS and going to you in the AL East. You guys have fun with him. The Dodgers did not have so much fun with uh, Kevin Gossman when he was in the Bay. Um, he was giving us problems. So, you know what? You guys go take him. Maybe you guys can hit him. I don't care. Have fun uh, <laughs> facing Kevin Gossman because it was not hey, fun but for us. With that Kevin Gossman signing for Toronto, probably no Robbie Ray then for them that is true he did win the Cy Young so yeah we will I'll take it if that happens (laughs) yeah we'll have to see there um but another departure for sure confirmed departure from the AL East um so Marcus Simeon is it wait it's Marcus Simeon right Simeon Yeah. yeah so uh he is leaving Toronto and getting I think what was it a seven year deal um, seven year hundred where is it I'm trying to find oh yeah passing. seven years <laughs> 175 a, million 175 million i mean he did finish top three in the mvp so uh you know rightfully so he he got his money that he was deserved um that's a big one there the twins got their uh potential and hopeful future mvp in byron buxton to stay uh, he got another contract for that's a steal. What was it? Seven years and a hundred million. That's a steal right there. Yeah, I, I mean, right. considering what Simeon got, I mean, Buxton maybe not as proved, but man, he is. I mean, he's he's like a legitimate five tool player. Um. I mean, he's not that Otani because, you know, he can't pitch. But, you know, he's got this. I mean, he's probably up there with Trey Turner as one of the fastest players in the league. He can. He's now hitting for power um, and average. So, I mean, look out, you know, good for him. Good on him. Uh, he, I mean, I know we say it's a steal, but it's still, you know, he's still getting seven years, $100 million. So, I mean... Um, yeah, you, you take that for what it is. Um, and a little s- small signing. So Starling Marte, I think he was projected as the best center fielder on the market. He is going to the Mets, different New York team. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep more in touch with the MLB stuff kind of as, you know, the NFL season winds down or when the really big, uh, free agency news comes out. So, 
Um, yeah, I think, no, I think there was one other one too. Um, Wanda Franco, this was oh, kind of earlier, yes, you're right, but you're the Rays right. locked it, their shortstop up for the future. Mm-hmm. 12 so got- years up to 223 million. I can't even imagine what that kind of money is oh, like. That is so- <laughs> Hey, we'll we'll get there one day. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We just gotta keep saying it. Um, and a little sneaky signing, you know, people are a ton of people aren't gonna talk about it, but Seattle was able to get uh, Adam Frazier. Kind of a that's a big Great pickup, pick. you know. Yeah, Seattle's was on the come up last season. They just fell short of making the playoffs. Um, but yeah, they're they're a young team. They're exciting to watch. Um, now they got Adam Frazier, one of the best hitters in the entire league. So, um, look at, you know, good for Seattle making some moves. Um, all right, transitioning from baseball. Unless, was there any other free agents you wanted to talk about? You good? Yeah, okay. Um, we just got to wait for the short, the other shortstops. Yeah, well, the shortstop <laughs> news, we're, we're definitely going to have in-depth <laughs> discussions about those. Um, we'll just do a little quick NBA overview. Um, you know, n- not real, like too many surprises, I think, except for maybe the Wizards in the East, um, who, who look pretty strong. You know, their chemistry seems good. Um, everything like that. The Phoenix Suns, though, have won what, what is it? Six, 15 16, or 16, 16, 16 straight games. games. Oh my goodness. I mean, they did a good job of keeping a majority of their roster from last season, so they're pretty familiar. You know, they have the chemistry built in. The culture is there, I think, now uh, with Monty as the head coach. And so, I mean, Phoenix is going to be the scary team, but in my opinion, the scariest team and the scariest man right now in the entire NBA, <coughs> who is, it seems like, is taking it to a different level this season. I don't even know how that's possible, but uh, Steph Curry, oh my goodness. He is, I mean, just hitting shots that make no sense. Terrible shots. I'll say it. He's taking terrible shots, but it literally doesn't matter because he's the greatest shooter um, in the entire history of mankind. Um, And, I don't understand how they keep getting better. They don't even have Clay back yet, everyone. <laughs> Do you guys realize this? He's going to be no, more open when Clay comes back. They have no Wiseman and no Clay Thompson. What is the NBA going to do when they have, like, I don't know, only five losses on the entire season? Like, that's going to destroy everything. Um, but, yeah, good luck. To everyone that has to guard Steph because that is impossible. Um, and once again, got to talk about my Lakers. They're going through some Bron rough times. Bron is back, but man, I still can't stand watching Westbrook leading games sometimes. <laughs> it just drives me insane. I don't understand how uh, we weren't able to get, you know, some shooters instead and we, we went for Russ, but it is what it is. Um, Gonna need just big nights from LeBron and AD consistently. Uh, it's still early, so there's a lot of time. But um, oh yeah, we've been talking for a while. Um, let's see. So did you did you get to see my uh, my question that I posted? Oh nope, I'm seeing it right now. 
<laughs> so um, all right, let's do it then. Because so, how many? What is the format this season for the wild card? Is it only? Is it three? So last year, yeah, there's three. So now there's seven teams in the playoffs, right? And the okay. top seed gets the buy. Right. Right. Okay. So that's what I thought. Um, so yeah, our question um, that we kind of have, and we're gonna give our answers to, are gonna be: Who do we think is going to be uh, in the playoffs um, after the season is over in the NFL? So um, I think. What do you want to start with the NFC first? Since I'm sure you have your uh, Cowboys set there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey. I didn't say anything yet. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's see. Let's just run through this really quickly. So currently uh, in the NFC, we have the Cardinals at one, the Packers at two, the Bucks at three, Dallas at the four, um, the Rams at five, the Niners at six, and the Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings currently hold seventh seed um, in the playoffs. So Kind of interesting there. And then switching over to the AFC side. Uh, let's see. We got Baltimore at number one, New England at number two, Tennessee at number three, Kansas City at number four, Cincinnati at five, Bills at six, and Chargers at seven. So, I mean, I don't know how much I would change of either of these two. Um, looking at the NFC. Oh, let's just go through. That. I think we can both say Arizona is going to get it. Yeah, yeah. Green Bay is gonna Green win. Bay is gonna get in. Yep, for sure. Tampa's winning the South. Tampa's getting in. Yep, winning South. I still think Dallas. You guys better Dallas. win the division. <laughs> I'm just. Hey, we're in the least, but yes, we're gonna win the least. Yeah. And then yeah, what? So now you got more. three more teams. So this is where it gets tricky. I think. Um, I think Rams for sure are gonna make the playoffs. Um. But then we go to the Niners and the Vikings. So the Niners, like I said, um, I think they're going to be the team to watch out for. They might take the Rams over for that spot. But um, I definitely think that they are making the uh, playoffs. So, um, I will say one team to kind of sleep on or don't sleep on yet, but is Seattle. I think if really? they win tomorrow, if they win tomorrow, they have to win tomorrow. So they're three and seven. If they win tomorrow, they're four and seven, which means then they'll be one game back of the last spot. And if they can win tomorrow and Russell gets going, I think they could they could overtake Minnesota, I think. Because yeah. I think team teams with good quarterbacks, you can't count them out. And I think you can win those games or yeah, your defense isn't good or you know, you have an off day from your whole team. When, when you have that guy at quarterback, you can't always you can't count that team out. So I will say Seattle, if if they win tomorrow, they have to win tomorrow. But don't count them out. Also, shout out to the Giants, though. They're one game back too. <laughs> and they just fired my look, look at the NFC. <laughs> it's literally everyone is still kind of in it. And then Except there's Detroit. <laughs> I feel so bad, but uh, I don't take Atlanta seriously. Um, you Atlanta know, is the worst five and sixteen. <laughs> no, like, I swear. Carolina has not shown me anything recently. Uh, New Orleans, oh man, they just 
that buff it's going that down fast. Game, yeah, it's the everyone is. I think I would, if I was a Saints fan or not Saints fan, but a but Saints believer, I guess I would jump ship because I don't know if Samin is the answer there. Um, what else do we got? So I think our would you say for now? So you would just swap Minnesota with someone else, probably. If you had to, I would swap Minnesota with Seattle. I would say wow. if they win tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Because um, I don't. I mean, Kirk or Russell. That's kind of <laughs> like what I see. It's like. Yeah, I agree. Oh, all right. Let's transition over to the AFC. So, um, Baltimore. Yep, Baltimore's gonna get in. Do you agree? Um, New England. Is you think they're gonna win a division though? Ah, oh, man, I'm not gonna call division winners. I'm just gonna call playoffs. Um, All right. So I think Baltimore is in. New England is in. Tennessee is in for sure. Um, I think Buffalo still gets in. And oh, from here is where it gets really tricky. Um, so Kansas City, I think, should get in too, right? Um, and Cincinnati, I guess, you know, actually I'm really looking at these top seven. Um, I think it's pretty solid, but I think it's a lot going to be a lot closer. And I must say my team that I'm going to say not to sleep on is Miami because <laughs> they are only what one game back or I guess they're what five and seven, five and seven. So I mean, and a half. They're a game and a half back. You know, don't count them out. Two is looking good. Um, I think they have a real shot. But, um, yeah, just a crowded, crowded pack here in the the AFC. And then we have, uh, you know, kind of the lower tier teams that uh, I don't think they're going to have a chance. Maybe next year. Maybe it's another rebuild year for New York, Houston, and Jacksonville. But... <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. All right. So you think you think basically the top seven? That's I think going to be the field. Yes. Except okay, actually, if I will say, I my one spicy take, I guess you want to call it. I think uh, the Colts make it in over the Chargers. I'll say that. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, this one to me a little more simple than the NFC in terms of who's getting in. I like um, the top seven as it is. I think Baltimore is going to win the North. I still think Buffalo is going to win the AFC, uh, the AFC East, but New England is definitely going to get in. I think Kansas City is winning the West. Cincinnati should get in as well. Yeah. And then I like. I like the Chargers with Herbert. Mm-hmm. But then the one sleeper team, I know it's kind of an, a long shot, is Indianapolis possibly overtaking Tennessee for the division. Mm. I know it's, I know Tennessee has the tiebreaker, so it is a little tougher. Yeah, But, I mean, Indianapolis, you know, obviously they, ha- they can play. You know, they probably should have beat Tampa today. Yeah. And they were playing well before that. And Tennessee... They can't do anything. Without, oh my goodness! They can't they do anything without Henry. hopeless without their king. Yeah, yeah. without so, their king, what are they gonna do? I mean, 
I I would not be surprised if even though how some somehow Carson Wentz pulls it out, but I know it's a long shot. Yeah. Um. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. More or less. We're, kind of, we're on the same page. Yeah, we are on the same page. Yeah, we usually are. Um. <laughs> but a great minds think alike, right? That is true. That is true. Um. On that note, I think we should wrap it up. We had definitely a longer episode. Uh, I'm gonna go <laughs> check on some timestamps later. Um. If but. Uh, just to wrap things up, if you guys have any, you know, questions for us or things you'd like to discuss, and hey, even be on be on the fan and the fanatic podcast. You know, we're looking for some guests. You guys want to talk sports? That's what we love to talk. Um, you just want to hop in, talk some some of your favorite sports topics or what you think is relevant, anything else like that. You know, um, you guys let us know. And we will definitely uh, make it happen. So um, I think on that note, we are good. And we will sign off here. Thank you guys for listening again. And until next time, uh, it has been the Fan and the Fanatic. So thanks, guys.